Welcome to the Shock Your Potential podcast with your host, Michael Sherlock. We all have potential, but sometimes we need inspiration to get us to our peak performance. Whether you are starting out in your career, ready to move up the corporate ladder, or taking the leap into entrepreneurship, Michael's guests provide powerful tools and resources to shock your potential. Shock Your Potential is a global professional development training company committed to your unique journey. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com and download our free Shock Your Potential app today. Listen in to today's expert. Welcome to Shock Your Potential, and I am your host, Michael Sherlock, as always. And on our podcast this month, you know we are focusing all month long about money matters or money matters, depends on the way you look at it. And all of my guests have been amazing in terms of their perspective of helping us. But this guest is the only one that's talking specifically about something that I know you're all thinking about. You might you might try and deny it, but I know it. And that's about debt. <laughs> so my guest is Karen Ford. She's a master financial coach, public speaker, entrepreneur, and author who has coached people with a variety of money, money issues from those who just had maybe as little as $500 in debt to those who've had over $800,000 in debt. See, wherever you fit in there. There's something that can be done for you. And she's coached folks up to with people, get this, she's had people who've had as many as 86 credit cards. Wow. I didn't even know you could have that many. They wouldn't even fit in my wallet. And she's taught them how to pay down and pay off those credits, credit cards in record times. And now her mission, and now, as you know, and you may guess, is to inspire others to get rid of their debt and in turn, build wealth instead. And she encourages others to break the shackle of debt and give val gives valuable insight into building wealth so that they can find what we all know has kind of been our underlying theme this whole month, financial freedom. She's also a number one Amazon bestselling author. Her book, Money Matters, is a discovery for many because it's not only motivational, but practical. In other words, we can all do it. Now, what I really love was a couple of the points in her bio that I think really show how much she has dealt with money in a variety of ways. She's an avid real estate investor who enjoys buying, selling, and flipping properties, which means she's better than I am because I hate paintbrushes. She's even bought properties for as little as $10 and turned a few dollars into thousands. In Money Matters, she provides keys to demolishing debt, which goes along with her flipping properties, and shares how to budget it correctly and gives principles in wealth building. So joining me today is Karen. Thank you so much for being my guest. Oh, thank you for letting me be on here with you, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've always, I've always had this dream, you know, like I'm going to buy houses and flip them. And I'm like, I hate doing anything that requires a paintbrush or, you know, a hammer. So I don't think that's for me. <laughs> so I'm very impressed when I meet people who do that. <laughs> I gotcha. I understand. We don't do the work any longer though. We, we actually hire people to do that. So it's ah, more smart. for us. Yes. Ah, very good. Yeah. That's now, now I could do that. That I might yeah. be able to do. Just find them, have my vision and say, okay, you make it happen. There you go. That's it. <laughs> well, Karen, I gave some highlights to your bio, but in your own words, tell us a little bit more about you, your business and how you help your clients to shock their financial potential. 
Well, first of all, I need to give you a little backdrop here. I'm actually a registered nurse, but I haven't practiced as a registered nurse for several years. Uh, and that's because I'm, I'm a master financial coach. And people think, what in the world? How did you become a nurse and then transition into becoming mm -hmm. a master financial coach? And I look at it like this. I love helping people, Michael. And as a nurse, I helped people get healthy physically. And as a master financial coach, I help people get healthy financially. I'm still helping people, but it is amazing to me how many people just don't know how to manage their money. And that's where I come in. I, I've coached people from the age of 18, I take that back, 16, all <laughs> the way up to 76 years old. And the common theme among these people is I never was taught how to budget. And mm -hmm. that is shocking to me, but I'm not here to, you know, throw anybody under the bus or condemn you or make you feel bad because no one ever taught you. That's where I come in. I'm going to give you the tools so that you are able to take, uh, be able to budget your finances. Listen, if you're not able to budget your money or control your money, then your money's out of control. I mean, let's just face it. How many people are living paycheck to paycheck? Uh, U.S. statistics show that seven out of 10 people are living paycheck to paycheck. Now, that might not sound like a big deal to folks, but that's actually 70%. 70% of people are living paycheck to paycheck. And that to me, that's very scary. Because look, we're in the middle of a pandemic right now. Some people lost their jobs. Yeah. Some people got laid off. Maybe some people were expecting a bonus or a raise and everything got halted. People that have businesses that maybe once flourished, now it's just right by the skin of their teeth. And I hate that for people. I want to yeah. see people win. And so you can hear the passion, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. uh, but I also want to see people get out of debt too, because sometimes it's so much easier to get into debt than it is to get out of debt. I <laughs> sometimes, mean, it's always <laughs> easier to get into that. Cards or you have apps at your fingertips that are just mindless and you can make purchases. It's mm -hmm. easy to get into debt. Uh, but it's a little more challenging to get out of debt. It's certainly not impossible, but you can get out of debt. And that's where I come in. <laughs> you know, it's interesting that you talk about, you know, your background as a nurse, because the first thing I thought of is that, you know, a nurse deals with physical pain and sometimes emotional pain too, but the, the emotional and psychological pain to being in debt can cause physical problems as well. Oh, that is so true. That's so very true. I've coached a lot of people that are just, I'll give you that example, the couple that had 86 credit cards. Uh, this was a little unusual coaching session because when they sat down, it was the first coaching session and it was a husband and wife and we sat down and I asked a series of questions. Uh, one of the first questions I start with is, where do you want to see yourself in 20 years, 10 years, five years, even a year? What kind of goals do you have? Do you want to be vacationing? Do you want to be at, where do you want to see yourself? Because if they can paint a picture for me, then I'm going to help them get there. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm kind of like a travel agent. Uh, you know, if you want to get to Disney World and I need to get you from your location to Disney World, you want to get there the quickest, right? You don't want to take a week and a half to get to Disney World. You want to spend most of your time there in Disney World on your vacation. So GPS gets you there quickly. Well, I'm GPS with your money. 
show me where you want to get, and then I'm going to help you get there the quickest possible way. So the couple sat down, I asked all these questions and, and then I, I get all the debts, I list them. And then I said, okay, is there anything else? Well, her face turned beet red and oh, she said, no. well, I have some credit cards he doesn't know about. I was going to wonder, see, I figured that 86 had to be from them both kind of opening their wallets and oh boy, she still had more. No, they had about 40 together that they knew about. <laughs> and oh so God. the credit cards, I said, okay. So we listed those. And then I said, okay, is there anything else? And his face turned beet red. And he said, well, I have some credit cards she doesn't know about. So we listed them. And then I just said, before we went any further, I said, look, we could have World War III right here. But listen, both of you were wrong. You weren't up front with each other. And literally, the cards are on the table now, literally. Yeah. And I said, there's no reason to fight about it. Let's move on and let's work on demolishing this debt. And so... Mm -hmm. I was so grateful to have that opportunity because I handed them the tools on how to get out of debt. And they've been, they've been hammering that and uh, working on that. And of course, being very successful with getting out of debt. So yeah, that wow. is. A yeah. I think people who are listening are probably going, wow, I can't imagine that. But I remember a time when I probably had eight credit cards in my wallet yeah. Um, I don't know why. I mean, I mean, that time you had, you know, individual store credit cards, you know, you had, you know, your Macy's card and you had your, you know, whatever card. And, uh, but, you know, now I have two, you know, two cards, that's it. And, uh, and we pay off everything every month. And it's, it's such a different feeling from being younger where I was younger. And those, a lot of times the credit cards seem like the lifeline you know, yeah. lifeline to when you had an emergency, but lifeline when you just felt really bad about yourself and you wanted a new pair of shoes. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> a new pair of shoes are not an emergency, but I understand. <laughs> At the time when you're feeling miserable, they feel like an emergency. And later you're like, that probably wasn't the best financial choice I could have made. <laughs> <laughs> I gotcha. You know, and sometimes people don't realize that they think, well, there's no place I can cut expenses. I, 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 when I get paid, I, I pay my mortgage or I pay my rent. I, I put gas in the car so I can get to work next week. I go to the grocery store, I pay my bills, and then I don't have anything left over. And mm -hmm. I just feel like I, there's no place where I can cut. But listen, it's usually not the big items that get us in our budget. Certainly, if you if you took buy too big of a house and the mortgage is too much for you, certainly that can be detrimental to your finances. And if you pay more for a vehicle vehicle than what you should, certainly that that can be detrimental to your finances. But it's usually the little foxes that spoil the vine. The five mm. bucks here, the twenty dollars there, the mismanagement of money. And and I ask people, you know. Do you budget? And they say, well, yeah. And I say, okay, um, what it, when you got your W-2, it's tax time. Uh, what did you say to yourself? And a lot of times what they say is I look at how much money I made and I say, wow, what happened to all that money I made? If mm -hmm. you look at your income and you say to yourself, where did all this money go? Then chances are you're not budgeting. If you have so much money in your wallet at the beginning of the week and at the end of the week, you look in your wallet and, and think, wow, 
What happened to the money that was in my wallet? Where did I spend that? Chances are you're not budgeting. There's right. different tips and tricks that you can do by squeezing the pennies and really making them count. How many of us work eight plus hours a day, right? And we're not working in our home. We're working outside the home. There's no reason to have uh, your central air on when you're not home, not on, oh, yeah. but as high as or low as it is. And in the wintertime, do you really need that heat on as high as it is when you're not there 8, 10, 12 hours? No, you don't. You could decrease that in the wintertime by four or five degrees while you're not home. And when you come home, you put it up where you're going to be comfortable and it'll, it'll adjust in about an hour, an hour and a half. And it's really going to save you on your heating or your cooling bills, depending on what you're running right now. Another way is make a list before you go to the grocery store. Point mm -hmm. number one, you can save so much money by not, you know, purchasing items just mindless. Well, I don't need a list. I've got it in my brain. And you come home and you realize, oh, I already had that in the fridge or I already had that in the cupboard. Listen, if you just make a running list, place it on your refrigerator or put it on your phone, uh, exactly what you need right at your fingertips. And then when you go to the grocery store, whether you go once a week or once every two weeks, you're not going to be purchasing items you already have, number one. And number two, you're going to be more mindful of what you're going to be preparing to eat. Secondly, yes. don't go to the grocery store when you're hungry. <laughs> oh, my land. My there, hey, there have been times I've gone to the grocery store absolutely famished and I start throwing stuff in that grocery cart that were not on my list, but simply because mm -hmm. I was starving or seemingly starving. And then I bring it home and I think, oh, why did I do that? So watch and see how much money you'll save by doing that. Another way is when you go to into a store, whether it's Macy's, Nordstrom's, wherever it is you shop, and you start placing items on your arm or in your cart before you go to check out, look at every item, just take about 30 seconds and say, do I really need this? Mm -hmm. Now, certainly I'm not saying you can only purchase things that you need. Certainly we need to enjoy the fruits of our labor and, and enjoy and spend some of that money, but do we really need it or is it, do we want it? And it, if it is something that we want, can we afford it? And sometimes what you'll do is maybe you'll have five items in there and you'll decide, you know what, I really don't need this. And you'll put an item or two back. Let's yeah. just do that last, you know, few moments before you check out and make that purchase. And yeah. thirdly, don't use the credit card unless you're going to pay it off each and every month. That will save you. And how many times innocently we walk up to the register and that nice cashier says, would you like to save 10% off today? All you have to do is take out that credit card and you can cancel it when it comes in the mail. And we think, wow, you know, that's a good idea. I'll save 10% off today. Yeah. And then we think, yeah, we'll cancel that card when it comes in the mail and we don't. Now they've got us, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I mean, you have so many great points. I know we'll, we'll dive into them in a little, in a, uh, even more, but uh, as you were talking, I was thinking about how long, long ago um, I 
was ever, I had got, you know, like a latte habit and there was a drive up espresso stand near my house. So, you know, it was kind of before a lot of big drive up, you know, uh, places in, in where I grew up in Washington state, they took all those old photo booths and they turned them into drive up espresso stands. So they're everywhere on, on the West coast. <laughs> and, uh, so I had my favorite one around the corner. And so I decided one year when I gave up, I gave up caffeine for Lent. And so I, I decided to take what I would spend every day on my latte and every day I would take the amount I normally would. And I put it in a bucket. I could not believe how at the end of Lent, like, I think I went out and bought a whole new wardrobe because I remember like, cause now I have a bucket of money. Right. And of course, you know, I didn't tell anybody about my bucket of money cause I didn't want anybody to know <laughs> I wanted to hold on to it, but right. it was really it was really staggering to me. And I think about now, I mean, in those days I was paying cash, you know, I always had cash for that. And now, you know, I've got, um, you know, I don't even know how much on my Starbucks app because, you know, people give me a, you know, gift cards, so I'll add it to them. And so I've got this ongoing Starbucks thing. I never think about how much I spend at Starbucks. I hardly ever go anymore, but still a lot of times that mindless, purchase with the credit card or with your Apple pay or, you know, your whatever app, um, we don't see, we don't tally the amount. And so therefore it's not registering and it doesn't seem real. You know, it doesn't give you that concrete feeling of, oh, what did I just spend? That's so true. You know, there's a study that uh, Carnegie Mellon did probably 15 years ago, and they actually hooked up a person to an MRI machine where they you know, measure your brain waves and they simulated uh, this person spending cash. And when they spent cash, it act actually activated the pain center of the brain because they actually, you know, you're feeling money leave your hand. Yeah. Now they use this same person connected to that MRI machine. And then they simulated this person using a debit or a credit card. And it did not activate the pain centers of the brain. So one thing to keep in mind is you will spend about 33 to 40% less money when you spend cash as opposed to using a debit or a credit card. Because when you use a debit or credit card, it's mindless. How many times have we gone through Starbucks or your favorite <laughs> coffee shop and you just with that with that debit card, well, now, you know, it's got chips so you don't have to swipe, but uh, you get that yeah, little thing, remove card now. But you don't realize how much you're spending until you see it on your bank, bank statement or see it, you know, online. So. That's a one, that's a great tip right there is to use cash when you're, when you're making purchases, you will spend less. Absolutely. Well, we're going to take a quick break. We'll hear from our sponsor and we will be right back. Imagine starting a long journey without a map or even a clear idea of the obstacles ahead. That's exactly what it's like for entrepreneurs who start companies with a lot of passion, but without the financial expertise to grow and scale their businesses and create long-term wealth for their families. Find a financial advisor who can help you map a better journey. Wayne Titus shows you how in his book, The Entrepreneur's Guide to Financial Well-Being. With the right advisor at your side, you'll have the freedom to focus on what really matters to you. Get the Entrepreneur's Guide to Financial Well-Being at Amazon.com and in the virtual bookstore on the Shock Your Potential app. 
And we are back with Karen Ford and we are talking all things eliminate debt. You've already given us so many great tips. Um, do you have a few more? I'd love to, to know. I, and just so you know, I know we, I told you right before we started taping, you know, long ago I worked for a consumer credit counseling service. And I remember when we used to counsel people to actually literally put their credit cards on ice, yes. put it in a plastic bag, put it in a, you know, a, a bowl, fill that bowl full of water and put it in the freezer because if you need it, you can always thaw it out, but you had to think about it and you couldn't melt it in the microwave or you'd ruin your card. So I don't know if you still give that advice, but I think it's still, I think it's still valid. I do. (laughs) Yes. Well, first of all, you know, sometimes when people hear that word budget, they think, oh no. And they think it's a four letter word, but it Mm -hmm. isn't. Listen, a budget, simply put, a budget is you telling your money what you want it to do instead of wondering where it went. And Mm -hmm. if you're not budgeting, then you are one of those individuals that you have no idea where where your money is going. And a budget is empowering, is putting you in the driver's seat. So if you can shift your, have a paradigm shift in your thinking, a budget can be your very best friend rather than your enemy. And it's not, if you're married, it's not your mate's fault. If they say, no, it's, it's just, we can't afford it this month, or maybe we shouldn't do it this month. We're getting ready to go on vacation, what have you. Your mate is not the enemy. It's the budget that can be your enemy, but it's also a friend because it's helping you take control of your finances. You know, I heard somebody say, you know, opposites attract. So if you're a spender, chances are you're probably in a relationship. If you're a spender, you're probably in a relationship with a saver. And if you're a saver, you're probably in a relationship with a spender. And I heard this, uh, I can't even remember who it was that I can quote, but you, if you're a spend, if you're a saver, you need a spender in your life. So you have a life because you're not meant to save every red stint you make and never get to enjoy it. And if you're a spender, you need a saver in your life so that when you reach your golden years, you can actually go out of your house and go have a vacation and, and, and go enjoy grandchildren or what have you. There's a balance to our life, right? It's okay to save. It's definitely important, but it's also important to spend as well. If I worked as hard as I do day in and day out and never got to spend any of it, I would think, what is the point of this, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Karen, as you said that, I was like, oh yeah, I bet you can guess which one I am in this relationship. (laughs) You know, it's important. And like I said, it's not your mate. It's not the person that you're in relationship. That's the enemy. It's we all need each other. We balance each other. Two puzzle pieces identical are not going to fit, right? So it's the puzzle pieces that don't look like each other that will fit and will complement and then give you the full picture. So it's important that we have both. Another tip I want to say is building wealth. It doesn't matter how young you are or how old you are. You can start building wealth today. Well, I'm only 18 or I'm only 22. Listen, had I known at 18 Mm -hmm. what I know now, Oh my lands, I would have been doing some of the things I'm doing now long ago. Listen, you've got a great advantage if you're 18 and your 20s or 30s or even your 40s, you've got a great advantage because you've got time. Do it. 
But listen, if you're 50 or older, that's okay too, because you can start now. I heard somebody say, well, I'm 60 years old. Is it too late? And I say, are you still breathing? No, it's not too late. <laughs> you, you can start investing right now. Yeah. <laughs> Listen to podcasts like this. I think it's so wonderful that Michael has a podcast like this. You can absorb and get so much information off podcasts, follow her, subscribe to her and read some books. I've got a few myself, hint, hint. <laughs> <laughs> but listen, you need to put a win under your belt. You're never too old or too young to learn. Start filling yourself up and learning. You can invest in the stock market. You can invest in real estate. You can invest in silver and gold. Start learning. Don't be willy-nilly and say, well, I'll buy some of this and buy some of that without doing any due diligence. But you're never too young or too old to begin investing. And the mm -hmm. sooner the better, obviously, because eventually we're all going to want to retire right? Yeah. And probably social security won't be around. If it is, that's great. If it isn't, you need to have a plan. And if it is around, it's probably not going to be enough. So you yeah. still need to have a nest egg of some type so that you have money when you retire so you can enjoy your golden years. I agree. Somebody said to me the other day, it wasn't a part of this series, but just somebody I was visiting with and they said something about, well, thank goodness you know, we know that we'll have social security. And I started laughing and I said, you know, I think somewhere around my early twenties, I first started saying, I'm never going to see social security. And people thought I was crazy then. They're like, what are you talking about? You know, is this conspiracy theory? And I'm like, no, I mean, it's literally going to run out of money. Like I, I right. and if it doesn't, then great. Then it's a bonus. Right. But there is no way I ever could plan to have that be a part of my retirement you know, uh, future because it just doesn't seem like it's going to be sustainable. And, right. um, and I don't mean that doom and gloom, but I think it, it always prompted me to think, okay, so then what else am I going to do? How am I going to, you know, what, what things can I control? Because that, if I get it, it's going to be a bonus, but if not, there are other things I better control because at least I know what I'm doing. It doesn't right. mean it's a guarantee either, but uh, <laughs> you know, it's important that we look that the, the variety of opportunities is what's important to us. That's exactly right. That's so true. <laughs> yeah. When so you, true. um, when I, uh, you know, when I worked in, in the field where we were dealing with people with a lot of debt and I kind of alluded to this earlier too, about, you know, your nursing background and, and that stress, you know, when people finally start to work with you, like I can imagine if there's somebody listening right now and they're like, Oh my gosh, I, I'm in debt. I, you know, I'm barely hanging on. I'm one of those seven out of 10 that is paycheck to paycheck. And I don't know how to get on top of it. I'm almost afraid because what if she thinks, you know, something of me, what if whatever, but you know, which, you know, we know you don't, you're not going to judge anybody for where they are, but when they get with all that fear and trepidation, but they finally sit down with you or sit down on zoom with you and they finally tell you their truth of 86 credit cards or whatever it is, what, what does that person in front of you experience at that moment when they finally like just told the truth, which probably they've been keeping to themselves? What, what happens to that person? They have a weight come off their shoulders. There is a sigh of relief. Oh, I finally let someone know. Now I can get the help that I need. Listen, I'm, like I said, 
I'm not going to throw anybody under the bus. I'm not going to condemn you or try to make you feel bad. You probably already feel bad. I don't need to make you uh, feel any worse than you do. I'm here to help. Just like, you know, in, in the doctor or a nurse, a, a good, I better say good doctor or good nurse <laughs> should not condemn you. If, you. if you go in pain and because you fell, you know, fell down your steps, you know, a good doctor is not going to say, well, you stupid person, what'd you go and do that for? No, it was an accident. You you misplaced your footing or there was something on the step you tripped over. No, that doctor is going to have compassion and say, oh man, I am so sorry that you fell. Let me see your injury, injury and let's fix you up. So when I see people that are in need and they maybe they have accumulated debt or whatever their situation is, I am not there to say, well, what'd you do that for? No, sometimes people find themselves in a predicament. They don't see their way, their way out. I'm here to help you get out of that situation and get you on the right track. You know, you don't want to take a week, week and a half to get to Disney World. You want to get there as quickly right. as possible. And that's where I come in. So no, when they share their truth, there is a relief and anything, mm -hmm. anytime I coach someone, it's completely confidential. And so it's, it's me and them, whether it's a person, individual or a couple, what have you, it is completely confidential and it's a safe place and I'm going to help you. So, yeah. and there's no question that is a stupid question because what you don't know, you don't know. So I invite people, ask me anything you want. You know, and I'm, if I know the answer or a way, then absolutely I'm going to give you that. Yeah. And not only do they get relief, you know, thinking I've finally told somebody, but I, I can see that. And I know that I, I saw it long, long ago is that sense of, and now I have somebody who will help me navigate it. So yeah. now you know, one sense is that release because you have to say it out loud because until you do, it, it eats at you. But then once you do, even saying it out loud can be, okay, well, I got that out, but and knowing that they have somebody to help guide, hold hands, walk, push, yeah. kick in the, in the tuchus. Right. <laughs> you <laughs> know, I'm then, wondering then if maybe some people on here are thinking, wow, I don't even know how much debt I have. Yeah. And some people honestly don't want to, they don't want to start looking into that because they're afraid of what they're going to find. And I just want to give you peace here right now. You can't, you can't change what you won't acknowledge. Yeah. So, it, you know, to know your truth, it's one thing to speak your truth, but you can't speak something you don't know. So listen, if you don't know how much debt you have, and you're a little bit fearful to know how much debt you have, do it anyway. Your student loan, your, your house, your car, your credit cards, whatever your debts are, list them. Because once you have them listed and you know and I and can acknowledge and identify, okay, this is how much debt I'm in. Now you can do something about it, right? Yeah. You're not going to do something about it unless you acknowledge it. So absolutely. I think you have great advice and and I really value what you do because I've seen it change people's lives. And I know that that uh, that there's people listening today who will definitely be trying to find you. So I know we'll have all of your contact information on our show notes, but just in case somebody wants to look you up right now, because they're like, I need to talk to this woman today. What's the best way for them to reach you? My website is karenford.org. That's the easiest way to get connected with me. I love it. Karen, before we go, do you have any last words of wisdom or pearls of advice for my listeners and viewers? 
Absolutely. It doesn't matter how much debt you have, there is hope for your situation. Hope. I love it. Karen, thank you so much. (laughs) Excellent. Thank you so much. You have been a wonderful guest and very inspiring. Thank you so much for being on our show. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Shock Your Potential podcast. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com, including details on Michael's two best-selling books. Tell me more, how to ask the right questions and get the most out of your employees, and sales mixology, why the most potent sales and customer experiences follow a recipe for success. Make sure to check out our Shock Your Potential app, on-demand professional training resources to help you excel in your career. And as always, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and like us today.